Well, good morning and welcome to Kennesaw Family Life Church. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. This is the second Sunday in 2023, and we are kicking off a brand new series today. If you've been with us for a while, you know that we like to go through books of the Bible. We like to study them in context and to find out what God is speaking to us and helping us to become more like Him. This is our whole journey. For the last several years, we've been on this journey to figure out what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You know, God never called us to plant churches. He called us to make disciples. That's what he called us to do. That was the number one thing. And actually, Jesus said the greatest commandment is really this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That comes out of Matthew 22. And that's what we try to do here. We're trying to do that. We're trying to accomplish what God has set before us. And one of the ways that we do that is by growing so close to God and so much in relationship with Him that we reflect Him every day in our lives. And then we've spent this time in this journey last year talking through the book of John and then Ephesians. We just wrapped that up. Now we're moving into Corinthians. And this next part of the journey deals more with how the church interacts with each other. We, we did a little bit of that with Ephesians. All of this sets us up. See, if we're making disciples, the natural outcome of making disciples is churches. And when you put people together in the same place for any amount of time, eventually there's going to be conflict. Eventually there's going to be people that disagree on some things. Or there's going to be some things that need to be corrected. That's what Paul was doing. Paul came into Corinth, this area, and established a church. He spent 18 months there. If you studied the New Testament at all, maybe you're new to the whole church thing, maybe you don't know scripture. Paul was one that wrote most of the New Testament. You can find his story in the book of Acts and where he started. And he went on these missionary journeys where he was sent out to spread the gospel to people outside of the Jewish faith. Because originally, you know, Jesus was a Jew, it was to the Jews. Paul went out and ministered to people that weren't Jews. He did minister to Jews, but also people that weren't Jews. And broke down a lot of barriers. And so Paul is a unique person in this. And, and he did these missionary journeys. And on his second one, he established a church in Corinth. Now, Corinth is a metropolitan city in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, I'm taking this from the Faith Life Study Bible commentary, and it and basically just gives a little background of what was going on. And, and so it's this metropolitan city right in the Mediterranean Sea with a population of somewhere between 150,000 to 300,000 Roman citizens. That's just the Roman citizens. That's not any of the Jews or anyone else. And they had approximately about 460,000 slaves. Jewish people may have been some of the first people to colonize or settle there. The city contained many freed people, which are people that were slaves that were set free. Again, I, I spoke last week on how slavery was much different in the Roman Greco times, and it was usually for people that couldn't pay their debts. They, they basically became indentured servants uh, and working their debt off and, and living in the home of the person that they were uh, enslaved to. And so the city contained a bunch of people that were freed but became criminals because they really didn't have any other way to make money. They didn't have legitimate jobs. They, they were poor. And Paul talks about the poor in 1 Corinthians. And so Paul wrote this letter to Corinth 
this city that was known as a banking, in, uh, the banking industry was there. It was incredibly wealthy. It had shrines to Greek deities, Roman deities, Egyptian gods. And they had cult prostitution was a very common thing. They also held athletic games there in Corinth, you know, kind of like the Olympics. And they did this biannually. So it was this travel destination. They held celebrations for the god Poseidon. It was just this, this really big metropolitan area, kind of like a New York City or a Los Angeles, even in Atlanta. Any major city in America kind of is represented in kind of what this looks like. It's a melting pot of different people, different cultures, different religions, all of this melting into one place. Different economic groups. And so Paul established this church. He spent 18 months there. And this is what he did. He would go into an area and establish a church, spend time, raise up leaders, and then go and establish another church. That's what God called him to do, to spread the gospel that way. He was never meant to stay in one place and pastor one church. He was meant to start churches, train leaders, and then move on. And so that's what Paul had done. Now, after he had left Corinth, remember, these were people that were pagans. They were all over the place. They were in the church. There were people of great wealth. There were people that were poor. There were people that came from all these different backgrounds. And so some things had crept into the church that weren't godly, that were causing conflict. And people were living lives that did not reflect the light really well. If you remember, we talked about that in Ephesians. So there was a lot of things going on there. And so Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians to help correct some of those things, plus to give some further instructions on the Holy Spirit, on how a church should function. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the different areas of of Corinthians and what it's speaking to us as believers and how we're to live our lives. So let's jump into this, and we're just going to focus on five verses today. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. And I read out the New Living Translation. So if you're unfamiliar with that, it's a really solid, it's not the Living Bible, that's a completely different thing. That's a paraphrase, which means somebody just sat down with a Bible and read it and interpreted it into their own words. The New Living Translation actually looked at the Greek and Hebrew and translated it into a much easier, much more readable version of Scripture for our language today. So 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9 says this, I will always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus, through him, God has enriched your church in every way. With all your eloquent words and all your knowledge, This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly await the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. And he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Paul's giving kind of a greeting, but in this greeting, there's a lot of things there. Remember, I gave you background that there were both rich and poor. There were social gaps happening there. This was a melting pot place and a melting pot church. And so the first thing that Paul kind of points out is that we're all on equal footing. Have you ever heard that phrase, equal footing, meaning we're on the same ground, that nobody has an advantage? You know, if you're talking war, 
Sometimes the person that was on higher ground had the advantage over the person on lower ground. Well, in this case, we're on equal footing. This was one of the major issues was that big social gap. You had the people that were wealthy, the businessmen, the people that drove industry. And then you had those that were former slaves, those that were poor, all came to the same place, a relationship with Jesus. They're on equal ground. And so that's a big jump, and that's hard to mesh those people together. So Paul kind of, in his own sarcastic way, if you ever kind of gathered, if you read Paul's writings, he's kind of sarcastic. But listen, he says, "I, I always thank God, in verse 4 again, he says, I always thank God for you and for the gracious gifts he's given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way. This is where the sarcasm comes in, with all your eloquent words, in all of your knowledge, this confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now, on, the, on one level, it, it, it sounds like a compliment, but you got to remember, in that time, the Greek culture was really big in having open debates out in the city about religious things. That was common to be an eloquent speaker, to have all this knowledge elevated your social standing. And so Paul was like, man, you guys are great speakers. You have all this knowledge. You're killing it, except for you can't get along. But he's kind of doing it in a gentle way. And here's the thing. Each one of us, no matter what or where we've come from, no matter what, how much money is in our bank account, what degree we have, any of that stuff before Christ, we're still on equal footing. I'm not going to say that stuff doesn't matter because, look, there are accomplishments. You go out and get a degree. Man, that's accomplished. I have a master's degree. That was cool. That's an accomplishment. I think I'm the first person in my family to get a higher education degree. I'm proud of that. Pastor Jennifer has a master's degree. Those are great accomplishments, but that does not change the fact that before Christ, whether I'm homeless or whether I'm highly educated, whether I have a lot of money in my bank account or I have no money in my bank account, we're all the same. And we've all been given the same great gift. Do you realize that gift that Paul's talking about is relationship with Jesus? That's what he said. If you look at it, he says, now that you belong to Jesus, this gracious gift that you've been given, now that you belong to him. Because all of that other stuff before Christ is really worthless in the context of relationship with him, in the context of eternity. So that gift that's been given to us is that relationship with him. We put our trust in him. We're on the same plane. We're on the same level. So all of these other things, this eloquent speech and all that stuff, if it's just there to puff you up, it really is kind of meaningless. Actually, it takes away from the gospel. Paul's just saying, look, man, you've been given a great gift. No matter who you are, and he wrote this to the church, so it's, he's talking to everybody. You've been given a great gift. Relationship with the Son of God. Intimacy with God himself. No barriers, no walls. Just intimacy with him. And so, through these couple verses, Paul is putting everybody on equal footing saying, okay, I want to establish this for you. I want to put this in perspective for you. We're all the same. Before Jesus, we're all the same. We have the same mission, which is to love God with every part of our bodies, mind, soul, spirit, everything about us. 
and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what we've been called to do. Our mission is to make disciples, to connect the non-believers with the God that loves them. We all have the same mission. We all have, we've all shared in the same amazing relationship with God. We've been given those gifts. Now, God does equip us to do different things. And each one of us have different people that God has, man, we're uniquely equipped to reach certain people that others aren't going to reach. That's the beauty of it. But we're all on equal footing, which leads me to the second thing is you have everything you need. You have everything you need. I don't care if you have no money. I don't care if you have no education. You have everything you need in him. I don't care if you have a huge bank account and all that stuff. You still have everything you need in him because our worth and our value and all of that stuff is not based on material things. It's not based on status. It's based on our relationship with him. And Paul, by acknowledging that we're all on the same ground, he points out that we have everything we need. Look at verse seven again. It says, now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have every spiritual gift you need. That's so cool. What we've got to remember is, is that God equipped us and gifted us so that we have everything we need for this life. To do what he's called us to do, to live out this life, we have everything that we need. We don't need anything else because he is all we need. And I know that sounds kind of trite and you're like, well, I got to pay my bills. I've got to do all these things. Yes, he is with you through all of that. He will give you everything you need. When Jesus ascended, I want to kind of show how this works, because a little later in Corinthians, he's going to talk about spiritual gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that. But through the Holy Spirit, when he ascended into heaven, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again and he hung out, if you've read the book of Acts in the beginning, it says while the disciples were there, he kept saying, hey, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, but I can't do that while I'm here. I need to go to my father. And he ascended into heaven. And then he sent the Holy Spirit to help us as believers to live this life. He's given us everything we need in the Holy Spirit. So as we go through life and we look forward to the return of Christ, we're growing closer to God. We're becoming more and more like him. We're becoming better disciples and we're making other disciples on that journey. And he's gifted us and designed us to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures that we read to be written and that they would be compiled together. And then through that spirit, he helps us to understand the scriptures that we read. The Holy Spirit lives within us. In, in Ephesians, we learn that it, he marks us by the Holy Spirit. It's what signifies that we are his. Because we know that, that the Holy Spirit was given not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. So we have both there. And, and so the Holy Spirit is kind of the key to all this. And here's what the Holy Spirit does for us. I want to just take a minute. We're not going to dig deep into this. But I'm going to give you four scriptures. There's many more that kind of point out to some of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us as we live out our relationship with God. Remember, we're talking about we have everything that we need. This is for all believers. Jesus talked about it in John 14, 26. I'm not going to read the verse. I'm just going to tell you kind of what it is. Jesus told us or told his disciples that when he dies, and they didn't know what was going to happen, 
but he was kind of telling him what was going to happen in the future. And he said, look, the Holy Spirit's going to be sent to you as a helper to remind you what you've learned and to help you to understand the scripture. The Holy Spirit's going to come. When I leave this earth, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to do these things. Then we've learned and we've talked about it a lot in Galatians chapter 5. He grows the fruit of the Spirit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those grow inside of us through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Then in Acts, we learn in Acts 1.8 that the Holy Spirit is to make us bold and to give us power to witness or to share the love of Christ with the people that are around us. Gives us the boldness to go out. So we have things that are about us growing closer to him and then boldness to go out. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, which we're going to get to in a couple weeks, are the gifts of the Spirit that are there to help the church to grow stronger in relationship with him and to empower it to go out and reach the lost. The Holy Spirit is the key to all of this. Remember, we're on the same ground. We've been given the same Spirit, and he gifts each of us to be able to accomplish all that God has called us to do, all that has been set before us. And don't get hung up on the word calling and thinking that there's just one thing that God's called us to do. The main thing that he's called us to do is to love him with all our hearts, mind, body, and soul. And then to love the people that are around us as we love ourselves. That's what we've been called to do. And through the Holy Spirit, we're going to have the gifts and tools to do those things. We're going to have the gifts and tools to grow, to become like him, to be more like him, to have understanding of what Scripture is saying. And then we're going to be able to love people in a way like never before, because God loved us in a way like we've never been loved. All of these things work together. They're all a part of God's plan. So, yeah, we're on equal footing, but we've been given everything that we need. It's not about money. It's not about social status. The only thing that qualifies us is our relationship with Jesus and that he's marked us and filled us with his Holy Spirit. That's encouraging, right? That should be, that should be something we celebrate, that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we are on the same team, we're on the same side, we're moving in the same direction. It's not that this person's an eloquent speaker and this person isn't. It's not that this person can pay the bills and this person can't. It's about our relationship with God and what he's doing in and through us. So one final thing today, as we look at this, not a long message, one final thing. He'll sustain us. So we're on equal footing. He gives us everything we need, and then he's going to sustain us through this journey. We are on this journey in life. It is difficult. I don't care who you are. Life is difficult. This past week, man, if you follow the news at all, or if you're just breathing or living at all, there have been some really weird things that have happened to people that have some notoriety, some wealth. They're usually sports heroes or actors that make it in the social scene. We, we saw this past Monday where an NFL player had a cardiac arrest right in the middle of the field after a play. Nothing to do with the play, nothing to do with that, just literally tackles somebody 
from the Buffalo Bills. The name is Damar, and I cannot remember his last name. For all of you on there, I'm just laughing at me. That's fine. But he goes and tackles this guy, gets up from tackling him, takes two steps, and just falls over. They spend 10 minutes resuscitating him. He's, he's recovering. Last I looked, maybe by the time you see this, some things have changed. We're a couple days before Sunday when we record this. Then, uh, if you follow action sports at all, Ken Block, really known well for all the things that he's done in cars and, and through the DC Shoe Company and skateboarding, motorcycles, all the action sports knew who Ken Block was, and, and he was a, a very big figure in that. Out on his snowmobile in, in, uh, in his property there in Utah and went up a hill and, and uh, things went wrong and the, the snowmobile flipped back and landed on him and, and he died right there. Uh, some of you know Jeremy Renner, played in the Marvel series, was out plowing snow, had an accident, ended up having surgery, was in critical condition for a while. See, bad things happen to everyone. Nobody's exempt. That's what the whole point of that was. It's not to share that pop knowledge, pop culture knowledge. It was to share that, look, no matter what your status is, no matter how much money you have in the bank, you're going to go through difficulties. You're going to go through trials. There's going to be difficult times. There are going to, there's going to be certain levels of persecution. There's going to be all kinds of things. Life is no respecter of person. God is no respecter of persons in that, that all people are on the same footing. But he says, you know, as believers, as followers of Christ, he will sustain us no matter what we go through. Good and bad. Sometimes the good is just as dangerous as the bad. He will sustain us through all those things, through those many trials. Look at verses 8 and 9. It says, He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for He is faithful to do what He says, and He has invited you into partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Sometimes it's difficult to understand when life gets tough. Man, people were questioning God throughout 2020 and 2021 with all of the deaths from COVID and all the shutdowns and the craziness that was going on. Yet God was faithful and he sustained us. People don't understand when we go through difficult times, they think, well, where was God in all of this? God's always been there. We live in a broken world and bad things are going to happen. I, I spoke last week on the spiritual warfare, the enemy, the ruler of this world in the sense that He's been given dominion here. He's fighting and attacking and coming against the things of God. Bad things are going to happen, but God is always with us through those things. He doesn't always just pull us out. It's kind of like a parent. If you see your child, you, you see them starting to walk. If you always help them walk, they're never going to learn to walk on their own. But if you let them fall a little bit, if you let them stumble and you let them gain and get strong enough to get out, that struggle is what makes them strong enough to be able to walk and to be able to do and the things that they need to do and to run. Uh, you've probably heard the story about uh, a butterfly in the cocoon. And before they can come out, if you open that cocoon too early and the butterfly gets free, it'll die because it doesn't have the strength to live. It's got to get the strength to be strong enough to break out on its own. That's when it's ready to live on its own. But just sometimes it's difficult for us to understand when we go through these difficult times. 
Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? I love this passage. The Lord is my helper, and I, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Actually, Scripture says only fear the one that can destroy both body and soul, which is God. There is nothing that man can do to you that takes your salvation away, that changes your eternity. We are his. He will sustain us. God will never abandon us. He will never leave us, although it feels like it at times. We've all been there. I've been there. I've been like, God, where are you? God, I don't have the money to pay my bills this month. Where are you? He's always faithful. He's always there. I know it's hard when things don't work the way we want them to, the way we expect them to. And I think that's part of the problem. We think that God doesn't answer because he doesn't answer us in the way that we want him to. Or the things that we expect him to do. But God is sovereign. And what that means is he can do whatever he wants to do. He will always do things within his character. He'll always do things for our benefit or for the benefit of the situation. Sometimes he lets us struggle because we need to grow and learn. But he always is with us through all those situations. I promise you, he will not leave you. I promise you that if you put your trust in him, he will be faithful and you will get through whatever you're going through. He is faithful. One last scripture I want to leave you with today is Philippians 4.19. And it says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He's going to supply everything you need. Not everything you want, but everything you need at the right time. Not when you think it's the right time, but at the right time. And that takes us to another level of trust. That's where we have to get to be. He loves you. He helps you to grow every day. He cares more about you than you could ever imagine. So my challenge for you today is, is, is man, remember that God is for you. Remember that he is with you. That, that don't get so caught up in, in money and finances and status and wealth and all the gifts. Each one of us has exactly what God needs us to have. And he will help us to grow and develop us to be able to do exactly what he's called us to do. So whether you have money or don't have money, whether you're a great communicator or you're not, God is going to use you exactly where you're at. He loves you right where you're at. We're all on the same footing. We all have been given gifts and he is with us to the end. So put your trust in him today. Have you done that? Have you trusted him with this? Let's start out 2023 trusting God for a new level asking him to take us to the next step in our relationship with him. Maybe that next step is just a relationship with him. Or maybe that next step is, is being able to lead a group or, or being more intentional about drawing people to him or going to a deeper relationship with him. Whatever that is today, take that step. Be a person of action today. Not just a hearer, but a doer. 
as James says. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in and through us today. I pray right now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for marking us with your Spirit. Lord, help us to grow closer to you today. For those of us that are struggling and hurting, I pray that you would remind us that you are with us, that you would just give, give us a big hug. And let us know that you're there. Lord, help us to grow to be more like you. And I pray that you give us favor to draw others into relationship with you today. Lord, we thank you for gifting us. We thank you for loving us, caring for us, and marking us as yours. Change us from the inside out today, I pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us today. If you have questions about what you've heard today, or if you just need more time in prayer, please click that prayer button at the bottom of the screen. Let our host kind of talk with you, or you can go to our website and email us or call us. We love you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great week.